0: If you've brought your Bibles this morning, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 7. I want to begin there this morning, Luke chapter 7. I want to begin in the 11th verse. I want to read to you uh, through verse 17, share with you this uh, uh, historical account, uh, and uh, just try to share a few thoughts with you this morning uh, that the Lord has laid on my heart. Uh, this is a, this is an important chapter if you go through and, and you study this chapter, you will see there 's a lot of things that are happening it, it, it's it's the center it 's all building around what 's in the center of the chapter and that 's John the Baptist sending his messengers he 's in prison right for for speaking the truth uh, and he 's in prison and so he sends uh, uh, he sends a couple of men that have been following him to Jesus to ask him uh, or you know ask him are you the one or should we look for another right and Jesus' response to them tells them to go back to John and, and tell them the things that you've seen right that the blind see the lame walk lepers are are, are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised uh, and the and to the poor the gospel is preached and he goes on and tells them blessed are those who are not offended because of him and the things that he has done. And so anyways, I want to talk about one of those events, right? The the dead being raised. And so uh, in Luke chapter 7, beginning in verse 11, it says, And it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she called. <clears throat> I'm sorry, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and he touched the bier, and they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. And there came a fear on all. And they glorified God, saying, That a great prophet has risen up among us, and that God has visited his people. And this rumor of him went forth throughout all Judea and throughout all the region round about. Will you pray with me one more time here this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the good day for each one who's come out today. We thank you, Lord, for the roof you put over our head, the blessings you poured out on us, Lord God. But, of course, we thank you most of all this morning for your son, Jesus, Lord, that you sent him in giving. And, Lord, because of what, uh, what he has done for us, right, there is the opportunity for us to be raised from the dead as well. There's an opportunity for us to be saved and to live with you for all of eternity. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. Lord, just as we spoke about earlier today, God, you paid a debt for us that we could never pay, not in a million years. And so, Lord, we just pray this morning, Lord, as we go forward here in this service, that you would just have your way and your will here in our midst. God, my prayer is, is that we all turn our focus and keep our focus on you here this morning. Lord, my prayer this morning is that you would move by your sweet Holy Spirit and are mixed in a mighty way. God, that you would do what only you can do here this morning, and we'll give you all the glory for it. Lord, I pray. Lord, you're the searcher of hearts. Lord, there's nothing that is hidden from you. Lord, you know every need here this morning. You know where we fall short. You know the things that we're dealing with, where we're hurting, what we're facing what we're still yet to face, what, what's been in our past, God, there is nothing that is too difficult for you, nothing that you can't handle, Lord, nothing that you can't help us through or carry us through if that need be. And so, Lord, I just pray here this morning, Lord, that you would have your way and your will in our midst here this morning, God, that you'd meet every need here and we'd be sure and give you every bit of the glory for it. And, Lord, I pray above everything, if there is one here this morning that doesn't know you, if there is one that is lost and unknowing, done, if there is one that is uh, uh, not serving you, not living for you, one that has fallen Lord, one that is uh, uh, maybe backslidden, whatever the case may be God, I pray that today would be the day that they would come to themselves. Lord today would be the day that they would return to you. God I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them Lord. God I pray that every one of us would understand that the most important thing in this life, I mean above everything else, is our walk with you, our relationship with you. Nothing in this world is more important than that. God help us to understand that this morning Lord and my prayer one more time is there wouldn't be a single person that would leave here this morning without you and so God have your way and your will moved by your sweet Holy Spirit Lord can I ask for my own self God I can't preach a lick unless you give it to me. So Lord I'm asking that you'd clear my mind of everything but your message, your thoughts, your words place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to speak here this morning God and I pray Lord that you would just uh, Lord that you'd preach me one more time here this morning under your anointing Lord God uh, your holy unction Lord just have your way and your will Lord fill me full of your spirit and we'll give you all the glory God we love you we worship you we praise your holy name and we ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus amen now I want to I want to set the scene again Right? We're going to go over this scripture and over this scripture and over this scripture. Uh, but one thing to understand, and, and hopefully, if nothing else, when you leave our service, you'll walk away from that, that you'll see the most important thing, the central point of our service is the Word of God. Right? It, look, when it comes right down to it, it don't matter a whole lot what I say. It matters what God says. All right, And so God has sent me to... to to bring his word this morning, right, and to share it with you. Uh, but you've heard the word several times this morning, right? I just read it to you. I'm going to walk you through it again, and we're going to go over some eye points of it again here in a minute. But anyways, I want you to see the picture of what is happening here in this scene, all right? So here is here is Jesus and his disciples, right? This is the point in his ministry where he has gotten popular. We refer to it as the year of popularity. What I mean by that is word has gotten around about this guy, right? He's preaching like we ain't ever heard anybody preach before. He's doing it with authority, right? Those are he, those religious folks, right, that that we thought was all highfalutin and, and thought really knew something, right? Uh, he he's just showing them for what they are. And so, anyways, this guy's coming around and he's preaching with power and authority like we have never heard before, right? He is doing miracles, right? Just. Well, I just uh, kind of paraphrased the Scripture to you just a minute ago, right? Uh, The deaf hear, right? The lame walk, right? The blind see, the dead are raised, the lepers are cleansed. Uh, Glory to God, he's preaching the gospel to the poor, right? Those are the ones that, they're not some high position in society. They can't afford to pay him, right? These things are happening, right? This word is getting around. People are coming from uh, all around, (laughs) to hear and see this for themselves. Different people coming for different reasons, but they're coming. So during this time, during this part of his ministry that seems to be centered out of Capernaum there on the Sea of Galilee, all of a sudden there comes a point, and I'll get to this here here in a minute, but Jesus, right, knowing him and his disciples, they go, it, it took, I can't remember if it's east or southwest i I think it's kind of more south than anything or southeast but i mean it's they're walking by foot right i mean they didn't have a uh they didn't have a a dodge pickup to get into and drive down there or even a little you know a little car or nothing like that there wasn't no bus to get on there wasn't no train right they're traveling on foot and so we look at it and say well it's 20 miles or so listen 20 miles is going to take you all day to walk. It's a good journey, right? And so anyways, they go to this little town of Nain. And as they show up there, there is a funeral procession that is taking place, okay? And what it is is it's this widow woman, right? She has lost her only son. This is what is taking place, right? And so they are carrying him, right, the funeral procession, right? They're walking through the street there. They are carrying him. He's prepared for the grave. taking him there and Jesus comes on the scene right and there's several things I'm going to point out as we walk through the scripture again but I want you to see that Jesus shows up in that moment and raises that young man from the dead now that young man has been raised from the dead to die again but we have an opportunity to be raised from the dead to never die again Don't miss that this morning. So let's walk through this, all right? Let's let's talk about this uh, for just a minute here this morning. And I want to make a few points as, as we go through here, right? So understand, first of all, the widow's situation is serious, right? She has lost, she's a widow, so her husband is gone. She has lost her husband, and now the Word of God tells us her only son has died right? She is not in a good situation. Understand this is a different culture. This is a different time in a different part of the world, right, There is no social safety net to catch her, right? There is no welfare system to help her. There is no social security for her to draw on her husband's, uh, you know, his time of paying in or anything like that. There is nothing like that, right? This is the point if she doesn't have means already, she is in a position of being in destitute she was in a position right uh, she uh, would could possibly be left penniless and alone and and unless she had a relative who had means and a way and compassion to take care of her to come to her aid her future was bleak Right? not only has has her husband gone she has now lost her only son And, and from a physical standpoint the future does not look good for her and there is a good chance that she would be reduced to begging for food Now, I want you to catch what God does as we go through this. How God shows up and goes to work in this bleak and hopeless situation. Look at verse 11 again. And it came to pass the day after... Okay, so the things that you read about, right, the, the centurion's servant being healed, right? That's the things that we read about just before this in uh, Capernaum. Now, the day after, verse 11, it came to pass the day after that he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him and much People, I, I want you to catch for just a moment. He didn't just happen by chance to come across this town of Nain, right? Jesus, I mean, he didn't decide to pull up stakes in Capernaum and make an entire journey, all an entire day's journey, all the way over to Nain for no reason whatsoever. I want you to see God's purpose here. He had a purpose. This wasn't by chance. This wasn't by luck. Jesus had a divine appointment in name with a widow woman uh, and her only son, right? I want you to see that God had a plan, and he showed up. It's amazing to me how he showed up here like he did. But I just want you to know this. Let me just say this, right? He goes not by chance but with a purpose. You do know, let me just apply this to us for just a moment, you do know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not here by chance this morning he is actively seeking you and he is calling you to his purposes to do his will he has got something for us right don't you ever get in the position where you think that you have gotten to the place that you are just incapable or useless to, that you know you're you maybe you you're you've got to the point your health is not as good as it used to be or maybe on the other end of the spectrum you think that you're too young right and don't have the experience or whatever the case don't you ever let don't you ever believe that lie of the devil listen to me god has got a plan he's got a purpose the proof of that is the very fact that you are still drawing breath because it is god who give you life right it is god who formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life it is god that has breathed that same breath of life into you, you will have it as long as God is God's will, His plan, His purpose, His desire, and when that is completed, when that is done, when the time comes, and nobody but God can determine that and say that, and when that time comes, then that breath of life is withdrawn from you. So the very fact that you've still got breath is evidence and proof that God still has purposes for you. I want you to see something else here in verse 12. Now, when he came to the, came nigh to the gate... Now, this is the part where I almost got carried away and started in on a minute ago. I like this part. I think this is important. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, right? When he, when he drew close to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city were with her. I want you to see God's providence here, right? Jesus showed up at, at in the city of Nain there at the gates right at the exact moment, right? You think about this as this big funeral procession is coming through the gate. They don't bury their dead in the town, right? There is no cemeteries or they use Caves and things like that, but usually, but there's nothing like that in the town. They always buried their dead out of the town. Listen to me. It wasn't by chance and it wasn't by luck that God showed up or that the Lord showed up when He did, right? I mean, at the exact moment that this huge funeral procession, right, it comes walking through the city gate, right, or it comes marching to, getting ready to come through. This is when Jesus shows up. This wasn't by accident. Listen to me. God was in control of this situation. He was working things out to bring this exact event about at the exact right time, right? God just has a way of making things happen at the right time. This is something that I think we miss or we don't get, and I I harp on this over and over. God's timing is perfect. It is perfect. Understand what I'm saying. God. I mean, those of you who have heard me preach for years, you've heard me say this over and over. You can probably preach it to me, and that's good. That's exactly how I want it. God's timing is perfect. What does that mean? Well, God never shows up late, right? All of you knew that. You know what else that means? That means God never shows up early either. God didn't show, the Lord didn't show up at the gate an hour and a half early just to make sure he didn't miss them so that he would wait for them to come. No, he came. come. His timing is perfect. Here's what happens to us. Things are going on in our lives, right? We are in a situation like this, what old woman is, where things look bleak and hopeless. Maybe it's not our only son that has died. But whatever it is, it's, it's tragic to us, right? And it just seems, the situation just seems almost hopeless, right? And it's waited on us, right? And whenever something, here's our human nature. Typically, there's exceptions to this, but typically it's in our nature. If something is really important to us, we'll show up early. Even if we're somebody like me, <laughs> who has a way of scooting in right close enough to call myself on time. If there's something that I've been really bothering me and worrying on, one, I don't sleep the night before, and two, that's the things you'll see me, I'll be there early for. It's just our nature. Some of us are always early, some of us, you know. But here's the thing. When that thing is going on in our life, and we're calling on God, right? And we're seeking the Lord for help with a situation or whatever. It's almost like we expect God to show up and do it early too. He doesn't do that. You know why? Because his timing is perfect. He'll show up right on time. He showed up right on time for this widow lady and I promise you, if you're one of his and you're following him and you're serving him, he'll show right up on time for you as well and so I want you to see this right this is not by chance this is not by accident it's not like he just stumbled across this there is a divine appointment this is this is a, he has a purpose and, and and we see so we see God's purpose and we see his providence here right we see him working things out right i mean this is not this is not by accident and listen to me you are not here by accident today either and when you go out those doors today right when you walk out of here here in a few minutes right the people that you will cross paths with is not by chance right there's a reason that god put you in their past Path, and he has got a purpose and a plan and he's got something for you to do, the only question is, is whether or not you're going to do it. God brought you here today for a reason. And when he puts you in someone's path, it's not by chance, that's for a reason also. You be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and be ready to be led by the Holy Spirit and do what God asks you to do. I want you to see something else in verse 13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, weep not. I want you to see this divine compassion. I want you to see the Lord's compassion here. This is not the only place that you see this. You see Jesus come for a purpose. As you go through and you study the life of Christ and you study the Gospels, you will see that that every time, right, Um it, it, his what he come here to do was to die on Calvary's cross for our sins, right? And we can see places in the Scripture where it says that he has set his face for Jerusalem, and where we see that determination. And we see sometimes he says some things uh, to some people, and you kind of like. You know, why do you say that like that? look, he, his purpose was to come here and to die on Calvary's cross to be the to be the Lamb of God, right? He was the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. He come here to shed his life's blood, right, for our sins, not his sins, but for our sins, right, so that we could so that we would have a way to be reconciled with our heavenly Father. In other words, so we'd have a way to be saved and go to heaven and live with uh, live with Him forever, right? That was his purpose. But so often he would as he would. Teach and as he would minister, he'd look out on the crowds and he would have compassion. And you'd see him do all kinds of healing and things like that. You can see this, right? It uses the word compassion in the feeding of the 5,000. If you turn over there and look at that, I think it does it again in the feeding of the 4,000. There's several times where you see where he looks on the multitude and he has compassion. Listen to me. Jesus is not someone who cannot sympathize with our problems but was in all, as the scripture tells us in Hebrews 14, or four, chapter 4 and verse 15, it tells us that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus repeatedly felt compassion for the lost, for suffering people, right? It was his compassion that prompted him to comfort this devastated woman here when he says to her, weep not. Listen to me. That compassion is not something that went away. He still has that compassion for us today. Let me point out one last thing to you, and I'll be done here this morning. Verse 14 and 15. And he came and touched. I don't know the right way to say this. I don't know if it's pronounced beer. I want to say briar, and I know that ain't right. Um, Beer, bear, I'm not sure, something like that. Let me explain it to you, all right? What this is talking about, sometimes we'll say coffin, but they didn't use coffins like we do, okay? What they done was is they prepared this this young man had passed away, and they prepared him for what they would call burial. Usually that was... In a, in a cave that was the family burial spot, okay, and so they would use different uh, different scents and spices and uh, you know things like that on the body and preparing it and they would wrap it right what 's usually called grave clothes uh, I, I think of it more like kind of like a mummy is wrapped that 's not exactly right either, but that kind of gives you the picture and they 're carrying him the funeral procession is they 're carrying him out to wherever that family spot that family plot he is to place his body, and this is what they carried him on. It would have been like kind of a big plank or board or whatever that they would have carried him on. I've heard it described as kind of a, a of an open coffin, and and, and maybe, maybe they had different types that they used at different times or whatever, but this was just the framework or the boards or whatever you want to call it that they carried him on, carrying him out where they're going to place him in that family burial plot. And so, anyways, that is that is what we see here. All right. So let me finish reading this. He came and touched the, I don't know, the board that he's carrying on, all right? Whatever it is. And they that bear him stood still and said, and he said, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. Now you think about that for just a minute. What we see happening here is we see a demonstration of who he is, of his divine power. Here is where his divine purpose, working with his divine providence, right, and his divine compassion, all of it comes together in this tremendous display of his divine power. Now understand something. Touching this coffin, this board, this whatever it was that this body was laying on, was normally an act that would have made a person ceremonially unclean, right? If you go through and study the law and everything in the Old Testament, that was a big deal, right? So whoever touched the dead body, prepared the dead body, carried the dead body, and if anybody touched it or what it was on or in would become unclean themselves, right? But something special here, I mean, this is not just somebody, right? This is Jesus, right? Uh, when Jesus touched that the coffin or whatever that thing was, its defilement did not tame him. Rather, and on the other hand, his power immediately dispelled all presence, right, of death and defilement. It had the opposite effect. Instead of making him unclean, right, he had the opposite effect. He brought life, right, cleanness to it. This is the first of three times we see Jesus raise people from the dead. We see him in a couple chapters uh, raise Jairus' daughter from the dead. We see him in John Raise Lazarus from the dead. Well, I mean, I stop and I think about this. I mean, this is demonstrating and showing his power over sin, over humanity, over creation, and over death. Think about it the same voice that spoke the entire universe into existence. It, it, In the beginning, that same voice is the voice that calls out to this dead man and says, Young man, I say unto thee, Arise. Can you imagine that for just a minute? The dead man, right? The dead man has now been given a second chance at life. And he had done nothing to deserve it. Do you not see a picture of us here? This young man, right, I mean, in the previous uh, things that happens here in chapter 7, we see because of the that Jesus marvels at the centurion's faith, and because of the centurion's faith, we see the servant brought back. But here, right here, there's nothing, there's no talk about faith here. There's no talk about anything like that. This young man, right, who did not deserve a, a second chance is given a second chance at life. He done nothing to deserve it. Listen to me, i done nothing to deserve what the Lord done for me, right? He has given me life and i done nothing to deserve it. Listen to me, you didn't do anything to deserve it either. All of our righteousness is, a, is as filthy rags before the Lord. Do you know what that means? Isaiah is the one that says that. Do you know what that means? That means all the good works that we do. There is a filthy rag before the Lord. It's not our good works, it's not our righteousness, it's not how good that we can make ourselves be you see it's not what I did or what you did it's what Jesus did so just as this young man has been given a second chance at life and done nothing to deserve it we're given a chance at eternal life an eternal life that we do not deserve did you notice something It says in the end of verse 15, it says, and he delivered him to his mother. And he delivered him to his mother. I guess I gotta say, that's probably gotta be the best Mother's Day gift that widow woman ever got. Wouldn't you say that? Can I say something to you this morning? Here's one thing I have figured out over the years. Not everybody is a mother but every one of us has a mother right she may be sitting right next to you this morning and she may have already she may be somewhere else she may be in another church here in town she may be halfway across the country or the world or she may have already passed on listen to me regardless of where your mother may be this morning you've still got a mother And on this Mother's Day, I'm begging. Don't leave your mother grieving because you're dead in your sins. I mean, just can you imagine, and I promise I'm done. Can you imagine for just a moment that Jesus comes and speaks to this young man and says, Young man, I say unto thee, arise. And could, you, could you possibly for a second imagine the young man's response being, nah, I don't think so, I'll just stay dead? Well, that's silly, that's absurd, isn't it? Of course he wouldn't ever do that. That would be completely absurd. How much more absurd is it when we refuse eternal life and instead we choose to remain dead in our sins. Do you know how many I've preached to on Mother's Day over the years that have chosen just exactly that crazy, silly, foolish choice and have walked right out of the doors of this church or in other churches dead because they chose to stay dead. You see, when we reject Jesus in his offer of salvation and with that comes eternal life when we reject that we are making an infinitely more absurd choice than that boy would have made if he would have chosen to stay dead so here's here's my question to you this morning what's it going to be for you are you going to leave your mother grieving on this Mother's Day? Or are you going to give her a, a reason to rejoice? Just like this widow at Nain had a, a reason to rejoice on this day. Listen, I, I told you there's three times we see Jesus raising the dead in instances kind of similar to this. One of them is in the book of John when uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. And, and when you we, we go and look at that, you see Jesus says to uh, Lazarus' his sister Martha, he, he that's where he tells her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me sh- <coughs> shall never die. And he asks Martha, he says, believeth thou this? Do you believe that? That's my question to you this morning. Do you believe? And if you do, why? Why would you ever remain dead? Dead in your sins. Jesus came to save us from our sins so that we could have eternal life. Listen to me. We like to talk about going and, 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 you know, that our loved ones are in heaven and we're going to go and be with them in heaven one day. Most popular subject at a funeral, promise you. I preach plenty of them, I've heard it lots of times. Listen to me. Unless you uh, turn away from your sins and choose Jesus, right? Unless, unless you accept that offer that He has given you to be born again to life eternal, right? You, my friends, will not go and spend an eternity with them in heaven. You will be dead in your sins and you will die in your sins. And you will spend an eternity in a devil's hell. So, Jesus came to save us from our sins so that we could have eternal life. But those that reject this truth, they'll die in their sins. So, Back to my question. What's it going to be for you? What choice are you going to make on this Mother's Day? Are you going to be like that young man and give your mother, have a second shot and give your mother a reason to rejoice? Or are you going to make the foolish, absurd choice to stay dead and leave your mother grieving? Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar, and I want to give you an opportunity to come this morning. Spirit of God dealing with you this morning, I'm begging you, would you come this morning? Don't you miss this opportunity. Don't you sit back there and say, well, I don't know, I, I, you know, concerned what other people might think. Saying, well, I don't want to make a scene. I don't want people to see, right? Or I, I'm concerned what other people think, right? Or sometimes we've lived a life for so long, we're afraid of who might be, exposed, you know, people realizing right? I'm telling you here this morning it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. The only only one that matters is what God thinks. So I'm begging you this morning if the Spirit of God is dealing with you if He's drawing you, if He has pierced your heart this morning right? And He is calling you, would you come this morning? Whatever the need is here this morning, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Whatever it is, Spirit of God speaking to you, would you come this morning? You've got a need, you've got a burden, would you come this morning? Whatever it is, uh, maybe maybe God's burned your heart for somebody. You need to be praying for them. Well, then come on this morning. Would you step out and come and pray for them? Whatever it is, don't miss this opportunity. Would you come this morning? Would you come?